Hey guys, it's Mark and Brittany here. Problems, we have all got them. Whether it's the dogs chasing the chickens, kids bickering in the living room, the state of our country, or just the general moral decline. We're tired of just sitting back and watching things roll by, knowing that there is something we could do somewhere, so what exactly does that even mean? So we'd like to share our experiences with you, whether it's through our modern homesteading or just our family life, the good and the bad, to provide you with the encouragement to go against the grain to get the complete fulfillment God intended for us out of life. There are things that we can be doing, and you know what? It, it starts, starts at, at our, our home. Welcome back to It Starts at Our Home. Uh, today we're just going to be talking about, um, kind of about the milk cow, Gloria, and just chores around the homestead, and being tied down, and why, you know, right away when I say that, everybody's probably thinking, what, I don't want to be tied down, and why it's not necessarily a bad thing, and how to work around it. So, um, I'll just get us kicked off, you know, last week in the uh, podcast, we kind of discussed um, that we talked about maybe naming this. It all started with Gloria. And I, um, after high school, I worked on a dairy farm for quite a few years and have been around agriculture. And there is a difference with dairy cows than a lot of different agriculture. And one of those is that you have to be there to milk the cow um, morning and night. And that obviously ties you down a lot more. And so one of the initial comments and thoughts that I got from a lot of people when I told them, hey, we're going to get a dairy cow is, are you sure you want to do that? Um, you're going to be tied down all the time. You can't go anywhere. It's going to limit your freedom. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, I, I had thought about all of that stuff. And I kind of came to the conclusion that, you know what, we are in such a fast-paced world that doesn't want to have commitment to anything, doesn't want to be tied down, doesn't want to have anything restrict their freedom. Um, basically, we live in a in a spoiled world, and I'm, I'm no different than anybody else out there. When I want to go and do something fun, I want to go, and... I want to just be able to make that decision spur of the moment or plan a vacation and go somewhere and enjoy it. And yeah, I guess just enjoy it. But I think that it's gone too far and it is disrupting our families. It's disrupting our marriages and it's disrupting our jobs and our homes. Um, I think a lot of benefit comes from having commitment. I mean, you can obviously... Commitment to God, and then second to that, commitment in your marriage is obviously, um, for us, an absolute. And we need to, you know, obviously have that um, commitment to our families. And then also just the benefits from that, having a strong family structure and having a strong family home life. Uh, one thing that... I know we've gotten away with even, you know, even with the ranching and the homesteading, uh, everybody's going in a, diff in a different direction. And we try to do family dinners and family meal times. You know, unfortunately, that doesn't always work out, but there's a lot of benefit from just 
being there with family and being there with the kids and having some structure. Um, Brittany, you're obviously big on structure. What are kind of your thoughts with commitment and being around the homestead and, and family dinner times? Well, I guess as I'm listening to you, I wonder, maybe this doesn't always work because there's no draw for people to come home or be home or stay home. And especially as we're into the, some of our kids into the teenage years, that of course looks a little different now and, and they're teenagers. So it's when I'm saying this, it's, it's not like all five of our kids are always happy. Like, don't get the wrong impression of what I'm saying here, because especially the teens are like, yeah, can I go be doing something else? But I do feel like if we were to fast forward a handful of years, they will love coming home and cherish that. And right now they're just kind of doing that teenage friend things and learning their own, having their own wings starting to fly, I guess. But anyways, are we having a culture of wanting our home to be a place that is inviting? I mean, this, we could take a lot of different trails for this, but if mom and dad, husband and wife are fighting and bickering all the time, well, neither of the one of the spouses is really going to want to be doing that and loving being together. It puts friction on the kids. They're not going to want to be there. Um, if just things are tense, you know, that's, that's just gross and that's not attractive to anybody. So you don't want to be tied to home if it's a bad situation. Well, and I'm glad that you brought up the kids a little bit. Um, so obviously we've got, uh, teenagers all the way down to a five-year-old and part of getting the milk cow was having them come out at least one day a week and helping me milk it and I would say well two of the kids love it and the other three really can't stand it and I you know it it, I guess that's where again it comes down to a lot of other values it's not about milking the cow it's about being consistent and okay you've got a job to do you're gonna do it But then also, I mean, it changes with each kid. Sometimes, depending on which kid it is, we'll sit there and talk the entire time that we milk. Um, With another kid, or depending on the day, we'll just sit there and milk in silence. But at least we're together, and at least we're doing something together, regardless of whether we have a deep conversation or whether we just share the 20 minutes milking together in the peace and quiet of the barn. Um, Either way, we're building just, I guess, through repetition that there's some things that you just do. And going back to that commitment, I mean, there's already been times where the cow got out right before milking or we've got the puppies in the barn and they're all barking and we got the chickens going nuts and we've got, you know, just constant chaos and I get in there and the milking is stressful. I just can't wait for it to be done. I want to go inside and have nothing to do with milking. Um, and that's, that's no different than 
our lives with each other. I mean, Brittany and I get frustrated with each other, uh, get done, come home after, you know, doing our own jobs or, or come out of the office and we're exhausted, we're tired, kids are cranky, kids are bickering. So what do you do? Do you just get rid of that commitment and leave and say, forget it, this is hard, I don't want to do this, this isn't convenient for my life? Or do you continue down the path and, and nope, this is commitment, this is good. Yes, there are going to be hard times, but we are going to see this through. And I guess that's what I see out of making the kids milk even when they don't want to. Um, maybe even more importantly, for the kids that don't want to, it teaches them that commitment and it teaches them that you don't just walk away from something or you don't get a choice to walk away from something. Um, you know, we follow, we follow God and God should be the ruler of our hearts. And too often we're concerned about what we want to do. Um, that th this is probably a reoccurring theme, especially with our, uh, second oldest son. I, he's very much in, I want to do this. I want to ride horses. I want to go rope. I want to go to this friend's house. Well, I don't want to do this, so I'm either going to do a crummy job or I'm going to do a slow job so I don't have to get asked about it or I'm going to grumble and complain. And, you know, I keep asking, okay, well, who's who's ruling your heart right now? Are you ruling your heart or is God ruling your heart? And that's a good lesson for all of us. I use him as an example because that's who we're dealing with it right now, but... I've got my own selfish ambitions and I want to go do this and I don't want to be tied down and I don't want to, you know, have to milk tonight because I want to go bowling and I don't want to have to be home at seven o'clock. Um, yeah, I guess just life lessons that we're trying to teach through the milking. Now I feel like I'm babbling, so no, go ahead and jump not. on it. All Brittany. really good. And in addition to that, we're so used to, as a society, just having what we want when we want. The classic instant gratification. Just how easy can we possibly make it? Um, in our blog on modern homesteading, I kind of touch base on this, but it's frankly a little embarrassing to even be using the word homesteading. A slight slap in the face, I feel like, to the true homesteaders who have no modern conveniences, let alone even close to what we have today. But nonetheless, it is a form of modern home setting and um, a recognizable term for what we're doing with it. So we'll continue with it. But anyways, just it's good reminder for Mark and I, but especially to teach our kids, not like Mark and I had it hard when we were growing up by any stretch of the imagination, but our kids have it even easier than we did. And just is this simple, have anything you want the minute you want it way of life? Good. Yeah, it's nice, super convenient, but that's not what we want our kids to think is, I don't what's the word? I mean, it is normal, so I can't really say we don't want them to think it's normal. But we don't want them to think it's just the best way. Or, or that it should be expected because at any instant, all of those conveniences can be wiped away. 
whether it's through financial struggles and you don't have the money for those difficulties or you've got a power grid crash or you've got something like COVID that just disrupts the entire nation for ridiculous reasons but screws up um, everything. I mean, from supply food chains, whether it's, you know, for whatever the reasons are, those things are happening right now. So if we continue to go through life with our blinders on thinking, okay, yep, I will always have my modern conveniences here to take care of me and to give me this easy life. That's what we're doing. We are living with blinders on and we are being naive and setting ourselves up for an even harder time than what needs to be. Um, I guess just some of the other, you know, attributes that I feel like come from this, you know, especially the, the ones that struggle, not struggle, but that do not want to be out in the barn milking the cow. You know, another great thing it teaches them is patience and gentleness too. I mean, they can get wound up, they can end up, you know, yanking and trying to get her to milk faster and, and just being rough and none of them have been, but they could take that approach. They could take the approach of getting mad every time she moves, um, which actually isn't that much. But all of that's going to add to the milking time. All of that's going to just get her riled up, not keep her calm, makes the milking last longer. And so I started out with all of them. I mean, you can you can come in here and have a bad attitude. All it's going to do is make that bad attitude last longer because either way we're getting done with the cow. And if you stay calm and quiet, one, you're going to feel better, but then also... Gloria is going to feel better. She's going to do better. And th that's a really valuable attribute for life to take into life. Things aren't always going to go your way. You're not always going to get what you want. Do it with a smile on your face. Just take care of business and... <coughs> Excuse me. Take care of business, get the job done That's the, with the task in front of you, do it with a happy heart, serve the Lord, and serve others before yourself, and a lot of stuff just takes care of itself. Um, if you Do you have anything else, Brittany? Otherwise, I'll kind of go into uh, just some of the, not the life aspect of it, but just some of the benefits of the milking and the dairy cow and... Well, I was just thinking that along with what you were saying earlier of your time with the kids in the barn, I actually haven't taken out any kids and done it alone yet. <laughs> um, but anyways, I think that they are going to look back and probably in a halfways joking, halfways truthful way, you know, talk about, oh, when I was growing up, I had to go out with with Papa and milk the cow and, oh, it was horrible, but knowing that they're actually going to look back and be so thankful for that time. Um, I just, I'm actually excited about that. I don't, I, it's bittersweet watching our kids grow up to me, but I think that's going to be one thing we're like, okay, we did that right. Yeah, for sure. Um, and, and anytime 
that you can find things to do, whether it's butchering the chickens or feeding the chickens or riding horses together or milking the cow. You know, all of that just builds family cohesiveness and um, everybody's going to have different things and different hobbies and different things that they enjoy and want to do. Um, if we go and paint together, I really have no desire to paint. But if I go and paint with my daughters, guess what? I'm going to be happy for the time that I've spent, regardless of if it's something that thrills me or not. And I feel like that can be with any of the chores, um, any of the things we do around the homestead, the more we can involve each other in the family, the better off we're going to be just in general. So, and, and just chores in general are good for kids to have, good for them to get outside, get working, use their hands. There's a certain amount of satisfaction that just comes from um, milking the cow and providing her your own food too. Um, and, and I mean, who looks in the refrigerator and sees a block of cheese and is like, whoa, cool. That's a block of cheese. Well, homesteaders do. <laughs> People that are making the cheese and are like, wait a second, I just made that brick of mozzarella. That's awesome. Or you start eating it and it squeaks and you know it's fresh and it's like, whoa, what in the world is going on right now? I actually um, had no idea that was a thing. We made our first mozzarella a couple of weeks ago and it just the whole process is so cool to see it come together and then it's time to taste it and this is the whole dairy thing mark is very used to it it's very new to me um my whole life has been beef cattle and so this is just a whole new thing and i was a little hesitant to try it but the more that i've been milking and learning um definitely just the better it's getting i'm really loving it but anyways, so I'm trying it and shocked at how delicious it was. And I'm like, it's like squeaky. And Mark's like, yeah, that's the mark of a really good cheese. Something I had no idea about. But yeah, it's cool. It's like bouncy. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And just all of it. I mean, cheese, butter. Um, there's just satisfaction in seeing it in the refrigerator. There's satisfaction in... Eating it and putting it on um, Brittany's sourdough bread, just it's just better. Uh, whether it's just by taste or just the feel of accomplishment by actually doing it. So, kind of turning into that, um, just I mean, some of the benefits that we feel are are real good with the milk. There, with raw milk, there's always the you know. There's always bad bacteria and good bacteria. We feel like the good bacteria far outweighs the bad bacteria. Um, and then with Jersey milk, too, they've generally got A2, A2 proteins in their milk as opposed to A1, A1, or A1, A2 proteins. Now, just through some of the research that we've done, we found that the A2 proteins are a little bit easier to digest um, than the A1 proteins generally are. It doesn't change the taste of milk. It doesn't change the consistency of milk. Uh, with the Jersey milk, you've got very high 
uh, fat content, and so you've got creamier milk. Um, I think it makes great cheese, great butter, great milk for cereal. Uh, we love it. Um, some of the kids take a little bit more time, are taking a little bit more time to get used to it, and some of them are really just jumping on board and absolutely loving it. Um, our youngest son, he had some uh, allergies or intolerances to dairy when he was younger. He's still got some uh, intolerance to eggs. <clears throat> and so he seemed to get over it for a little bit. And so when we started out, he was on rice milk. And then he kind of got over his dairy intolerance. Through the help of Plexus antibiotics <laughs> what is the word probiotics let's probiotics. try that one <laughs> huge blessing for another podcast but we are thankful for the plexus products yeah um so he got so he got better with that and was doing doing good with dairy you know overall i i can't tell you know sometimes it seems like it maybe affects him a little bit or it's just a five-year-old being cranky um, not sure which one, but he, uh, so we got him on regular milk, started having him have regular milk for his cereal and stuff like that. He didn't like the taste of it, complained and complained and was like, can I just please go back to rice milk? So we finally got rice milk and started doing that. And we're probably doing that for probably another two or three months at least, uh, leading up to getting the dairy cow. And so we got Gloria, and we milked her the first night and put it in the fridge. And the next morning I said, all right, you guys are all going to try this. And he went ahead and had a glass of it the next day. And his comment was, ah, get rid of the rice milk. We don't need that junk anymore. And is just absolutely <laughs> loving the dairy milk. Which, to me, I think that's the A2A2 proteins, honestly. I think it just goes better with his stomach and he's just likes it better just because it doesn't hurt his stomach so much. I think it's interesting. There's a lot of different levels of raw milk drinkers. You've got the people who are in the generation before who grew up doing this, who love it. It takes them back. They're like, man, I've missed this so much. Uh, really great. I love those people. And to kind of hear their tips that they have and, whatnot. Great. You've got the, um, kind of the, um, our generation and younger, I guess, that are doing it for the health benefits who are kind of just learning about it too, but realize how good it is for our bodies. Um, and so they, you know, aren't quite as used to it. A lot more questions for sure where I kind of am, but, um, just so like the generation before us, they love the cream. I just, you know, take it, definitely don't take it off, keep it in there, do things with it. Um, whereas like our kids, one of them just shakes a jar of milk and uses that, doesn't mind the extra creaminess. And if I'm saying any words wrong, go ahead. And no, you're me. good. You're good. <laughs> um, but then some of the other ones are like, it's just a little strong for them. Just not used to it yet. I'm assuming they'll get more and more used to it. But right now... Um, they're not quite there. And so we just have in the fridge, we keep a large. It's like a large lemonade jar, basically with a spigot on the bottom. And so we can 
let the cream yeah, rise so the to cream the top. Yeah, so the cream just stays on the top, and we don't have to shake it or anything. We just turn the little nozzle and pour it however much we need for whatever we're doing. Um, but just so there's just the different variations you can use to kind of get it to your taste is really cool to me. Yeah. Yep. And and we've got, you know, <laughs> we don't have all of those generations in our, in our home, but we do seem to have all of those uh, different opinions on the milk. I mean, some don't like it simply because it comes from a cow and milk comes from the grocery store, which as I'm saying, that is quite embarrassing for us to say <laughs> that our kids, that our kids kind of think that and are like, wait, get some inspiration <laughs> on how we should raise our kids. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, and then, yeah, you've got some that are worried about the cream, some that are worried about, you know, too much cream, too little cream, some that are just absolutely super happy with it. Um, and it's all just a learning experience, and and if you've got more than one kid, you know you've got more than one personality. So, um, yeah, it's just been interesting to see. Uh, that was, I guess, you know, one other thing that I didn't touch on, and really we could touch on in all of our homesteading, you know, podcasts that we do and that we're specifically talking about homesteading, is that's just a huge benefit, understanding where our food comes from you know there's a lot of people out there that are like yep i'll just go down to the grocery store and get my food well okay what about all of the steps and all of the processes processes yeah processes (laughs) anyways (laughs) all of the steps to get it from the farm to the table from the ranch to the table and we need to do a job, whether whether you're doing the homesteading or not, let's teach our kids and explain to them where our food comes from so they, that they can have a full appreciation for it. If you think that the food magically shows up at the grocery store and you just go to the magical aisle where the bread is or the magical refrigerator where the milk is always and that's where milk comes from and that's where your bread comes from and that's where your meat comes from (sighs) I don't even know what to say about that I'm not trying to ruffle feathers but that's just sad and we need to do a better job of educating our children so that they can have a thankfulness and you know, it's it's not too hard to not be thankful and just to take for granted. Going back to all of the amenities that we have and all of the luxuries that we have. And honestly, I can't tell you. I, I love Pepsi. I love Mountain Dew. <laughs> I honestly can't tell you where Pepsi and Mountain Dew come from. <laughs> I know they come from a process and maybe that I would appreciate it even more if I understood. Or maybe I would just go just straight back to milk. Um, all the time for everything or water most likely that but you know the the staple foods they come they all start at a ranch at a farm let's go ahead and give credit where credit's due and appreciate the work that those ranchers and farmers are doing and educate our children so that they can also just yeah i guess be more thankful for it and appreciative of it. So, 
I guess that'll kind of wrap up that. I'm sure we'll come back to Gloria later on. Um, just a lot, a lot of, you know, positives from, from everything from milking the cow and doing the chores and that side of it and raising the kids and applications for our life, applications for commitment. Um, oh, one other thing quick I want to just say, if you're really worried about it and you're, you're thinking about getting a milk cow, but you know, well, I've got this vacation coming up where I, you know, we go on a week vacation or we go, you know, once a month and we have a night out or whatever else. There are ways to get around that milking twice a day when you've only got one cow. Now, if you got 20 cows and you're working at a dairy farm or 200 cows and you're working at a dairy farm, nope, there's probably not a way to get around that. But one thing you can do is calf sharing. Um, and so basically just getting a calf or keeping the calf when the cow freshens and letting that calf suck on um, the cow. So you could only milk the cow once a day and then put the calf on and then take the calf off, you know, 12 hours before you're going to milk it again. And that way the calf is drinking the milk, the calf's growing, the cow's still producing milk and still has a reason to produce milk. Um... But then you can, you know, go on your trips and if you've got, you know, a couple nights a month or whatever that you got things that you don't necessarily can't be back for, um, again, you, you put the calf on and, and uh, yeah, do it that way so that you get a little bit more freedom. So there are ways around it. Um, once again, if you guys got any questions or whatever else, shoot us an email at our email. Which is? Which is purpose at it starts at our home.com. <laughs> I'll, I'll get that down and, and uh, yeah, but shoot us over an email. Let us know what you guys think or let us know any questions. So if you guys like this, the um, content sometimes will be geared towards cattle, which we realize not everybody has a cow or even land to live on or chickens or any desire to but anyways they they will be like this sometimes i want to do a marriage podcast real soon i know mark is um planning on doing one that's just encouraging men to be manly and husbands and fathers to be stepping up to the plate and leading their homes um so it, there's going to be a lot well, all of this goes back to our homes and what we're doing in our homes because it all starts at our home. So anyways, if this is interesting to you guys, we would love it if you would share it and subscribe. Thanks. We'll see you guys next time.